Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Hello, everybody. This is Janice Gentles Jones. And this is Shanna Vera. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Welcome to another edition of Readings and Ramblings. I'm sorry, we have like the giggles tonight, so I'm really hoping everything goes really well. <laughs> Hopefully we got the sillies out before we started. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you're listening to us tonight. I hope you have the sillies too. And uh, or at least bear with us for having the sillies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are we doing? So today we are finishing up Scarlet Letter. Yay! Yay! I feel like I feel like it's not a long book, but it took us a long time. <laughs> it's it, but listen, that's called reading slowly. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're not used to that. This is a new skill for me, so. Yep, and I think we did it really well. So I'm, I'm, I, but I'm kind of glad that it's it's kind of wrapped up so that we can talk about the end and also we can start preparing for a new book, which I'm kind of excited yes. for. But um, before we do. Do you have a quote for this week? I do. Okay, good. So we're going to be sharing. We usually share a, a favorite quote um, or something that we've read or something that just caught our eyes. So what is All right. Yours? Do you want me to share mine first? Yes, please. All right. So this one is by A.W. Tozer. And recently somebody was saying something about how they read a book by Tozer and other people were like, oh, wow, it's a good author and I was just like I don't know who this person is so I just like smiled politely and pretended I wasn't the dumb one in the room and so I not that I had time to go home and read a book but I was kind of just like looking up a little bit about him and I found this quote and I thought oh this is good so now I feel smarter oh good all right well you can help me to be smart too I like him though I do have a book by him see you knew who it was that's the, that's bad okay I mean good for you but all right, so this is my quote. So the final test of love is obedience, mm. not sweet emotions, not willingness to sacrifice, not zeal, but obedience to the commandments of Christ. Oh, I love that. I, I do love too. that. You know what it made me think of? Um, the verse in the Bible, which I'm probably going to botch up, but I hope you know what I'm talking about where it's like it's a psalm and it's like god says he prefers our obedience rather than our sacrifices did i say it right you know what like yeah no i know what you're talking about and actually it's funny so i know we're only in the beginning of samuel but i'm kind of you know a little past that and at one point saul is like sacrificing animals that he took from someplace he conquered and Samuel goes to him and says what have you done you've grieved God and he said oh what I sacrificed them to God and he said yeah but God told you not to take anything and he was like yeah but I did a good thing with it and he said I'd rather God would rather your obedience than a sacrifice and so it kind of just fit along with what I was reading this week and I think sometimes I feel guilty because my emotions might not be in the right place when I'm reading my Bible or praying yep 
And I feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't even do it because my heart's in the wrong place. And you know what? God wants me to have a joyful heart. And so if I'm not, like, what am I doing? But reading that, it kind of reminds you, like, no, God wants your obedience. And sometimes the emotions might not be there and you don't feel like it. But it's the obedience of doing what we're called to do, even when we don't feel like it. And... Um, so that, I don't know, that it really just struck me. So I thought I would share that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Um, that was a really good one. Cause it always, that those ideas, um, or the, those verses have always stuck with me too, you know, just, um, and I know that he's got that, that quote. It, well, it sounds like it came from that, that quote came from those. Yeah, I that, agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, Cause it goes back to kind of, I don't know if we were saying this before we started or just now, but it, you know, kind of goes back to the works, you know, where, where, um, the old Testament folks feel like the works is enough. You know, I, I go through the, you know, you go through the routine of just, all right, we'll do our sacrifice, but we'll live our life. But you know, we'll do, yep. you know, our, our yep. we'll do the work. Right. But it's yeah. not really, but I'm not going to be obedient in any other way, but I'll, exactly. I'll do it, you know? So I get what you're saying though, too. So we are being obedient regardless of whether we want to read the Bible or not. We're just reading. Um, so my quote this week comes from, okay, Shanna, I hope I'm not going to mess up his name, but it's Ruyard Kipling. I think I said it right. I think, I think you did. Okay, good. <laughs> And if not, you sold me. So, <laughs> so um, this is his. This is a poem of his called "The Children's Song." Actually, I've liked him. You know, we've been reading a few of his poems, um, and I got to tell you, I like his style of poetry. I like the topics that he that he talks about. There's one poem called "Covenant" that I thought was really deep. And anyway, let me tell you my quote first. Anyway, this was a short line. It was from a poem called The Children's Song. Um, And it says, teach us to look in all our ends on thee for judge and not our friends, that we with thee may walk uncowed by fear or favor of the crowd. That was it. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) If you hear the whole thing, that was just one piece of it. But it's a really, it's a, um, because it's the, the line after that says, Teach us the strength that cannot seek by deed or thought to hurt the weak, that under thee we may possess man's strength to comfort man's distress. Teach us delight in simple things and mirth that has no bitter springs. Forgiveness free of evil done and love to all men neath the sun. Land of our birth, our faith, our pride, for dear, for whose dear sake our fathers died. O motherland, we pledge to thee, heart head, head, heart, and hand through the years to be. It's really a good poem if you read the whole thing. It's called a children's poem. I love that. (laughs) I feel like especially like raising kids, like those are the things you want for them and like you hope that you teach. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and I I made up my own song with it when I was reading it with the kids. But I love, (laughs) it's a, it's a A, B, it's a A, it's an A-A-B-B poem. So I like that pattern, you know? So yeah. like, you know, most of the lines rhyme. I find them easier. Certain patterns I find much easier to read to the kids than others. I'm like trying to read it very flowing and I'm like 
ruining it. So when it has a nice, easy pattern, I'm like, I got this. I got this. Exactly. This is one of those that when you read it, you're like, oh, I got this one. Yeah. <laughs> it does have a good pattern. But he he had a great poem. Today's poem was called Covenant. And, you know, it's like it's only about maybe a 14, 15 line poem, but it is so deep when you read it. And I loved it. I mean, the kids were just like, I'm yeah, it's OK. Check but, that out. <laughs> but it was a good one. Isn't I, that I, always the way? Huh? Isn't that always the way? I'm like, I'll be like, oh, I love this poem. And my kids just look at me like, all right. <laughs> you know what? Um, they do like some of his others. They they love Robert Frost. Like Robert my Frost. kids did too. Oh, my goodness. I love Robert Frost too, myself. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> did too. <laughs> the Two Roads, that's one of my favorite. Um, yes. One of my favorite poems. But I can... Um, I can get with him, but I'm also, I'm also liking Mr. Kipling here, but that was my quote for today. I loved it because it was like saying like, uh, you know, don't, don't focus on your, on being judged. Don't worry about being judged for your, by your friends, you know, um, let us, um, teach us to, to worry about being judged by you, you know, you God and, um, and help us to walk in, walk with you instead of in fear or favor of the crowd so i love that too because that's what adults do i think i think that is i think that's one of the hardest things to try and like teach a child is like you know your peers opinions don't matter that is definitely it's difficult yes (laughs) yes it is it is and that's a whole journey i mean you learned that you know, as parents, we want them to learn that immediately, but that's just a, a life journey <laughs> or or, yeah. or an adolescent to teen journey. So anyway, this was a good poem. No, well, thank you for sharing it. I'm going to actually check out some of his other stuff now. See what you've done. <laughs> See, and listen, like as if I don't have a whole other ton of to be read books. Now you've got me go back to look for my Tozer book because um, I do have one of his books that I read and it's in its entirety, which is not always easy because um, I will start books and don't always finish it. But The Pursuit of God, I love that book. It oh, was like, I think I've heard of that. Yes, it's like a very simple. See, look at that. I've actually heard of his book. I just so didn't you recognize did, you his You just didn't name. recognize the name. Yes. Right. Yes. I feel the, a little better. <laughs> he has lots of books, but The Pursuit of God is very, I thought was one of the easiest, easier um theology type books to read because it was so simple to understand but deep deep but simple to understand um so i i i do i do like him now i gotta put that on i have to put that on the list but it's at the bottom because i got like ten thousand other books ahead of it i know me too <laughs> I, I just wish i could spend the that's whole why i actually just i just i went online <laughs> but then i guess we would probably... me too i wish i had more time for it I know, but I mean, I guess th- things would get neglected if we... That's why I ended up just going online and kind of just like looking up stuff he wrote that I could read like quickly. So it'd be like, okay, get an idea of who this guy <laughs> is. is. Yes. But if you can, maybe somewhere down the line, um, we can read The Pursuit of God. But um, that, one is a, that one is a good one. That was a really good one. It was lots of highlights and simple too. I thought it was very simple. So I'm glad you shared that, but I can't read it yet. I can't read it yet. (laughs) 
All right, so what are we? Oh, we're in Samuel's. We can go yes. further because I'm further too in Samuel. Okay. Um, but we I didn't gonna... want to skip the beginning though, just because I nah, really do like it. That's fine. That's fine. And I feel like it's such a classic story from the Bible. It is. It is. And you know, if we it it will it allows us to talk about Hannah. Yeah. Um who was faithful, you know? Yeah. Again, another barren woman, right? Yeah. Who is um again used like you just see how God uses um you know, uses his glory for for things that, you know, you think that cannot be changed or, you know, like situations that that just cannot be changed. And he comes in and he just changes it. And not just one, because I think Hannah went on to have multiple other children too. Samuel was her fate, her first, but, you know, he just, he's just like that. Yeah. I mean, she had such faith that God was able to, perform this miracle like it she didn't go forward wondering you know how how my life is going to look like she faithfully went to the temple and whenever they were because they they weren't close by it sounds like they went there for specific you know holidays and things yes and whenever she was there she would just be praying you know for god to give her a child and just like with complete faith and so, so dramatically that the uh, priest there was like, are you drunk? This is inappropriate in a temple. I, I do remember. And you know what I thought was interesting is that he, that that was his, that how she must have looked. Like she, you yeah. know, when you hear the term fervent prayer, like she must have been really, yeah. you know, praying for for that to, yeah. <laughs> for him to assume that she was drunk. But I love that. It's like, maybe that's a reminder of how we should pray. You know, like fervently pray that someone thinks we're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty emotional. Yeah. And insulting when you think about it. But uh, that's a, it's, it's a <laughs> And she's like, I haven't even had any wine <laughs> or strong drink. <laughs> exactly. But like, then when he realizes that that was her passionate prayer, he's just like, God is going to grant it to you. Yes. I, yes. And he immediately said that he immediately said that afterwards. I can't, I thought I highlighted, but, um, he did say that to her and I was like, okay. And it's, and I guess at the time he was a righteous priest because it did happen for her, you know? Yep. Yep. Definitely. His, he prayed for her and it did actually happen. And then and when then- she, Ahead, she makes that promise. She makes that promise that, like, if you give me this child, I will give him to your service. Which it's, like, a little bittersweet then. It is. But, you know, I also thought, too, that she was following the custom, too. Like, she was a true, a true, like, following the true tradition of the Israelites. Because wasn't it, isn't, wasn't that the norm that your the first son that opens the womb is, is dedicated to God? Or yeah, was it just true. for... For some, but so meaning like she just she wasn't just a practice she was actually believed and you know yeah and followed the the law you know that's and a good just, point um so so I thought that was interesting for Hannah she's it we don't know much about her beyond these these first couple of chapters but I think we can pick up a few things about her well it is funny too because at one point they're they're going to the temple. And she says that she's not going to go because she, she'll go when the child is weaned. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, did she 
hold on to that longer than, you know, he was just like, oh, okay. But why did he ask? Like, did he like, okay, this kid is kind of big. Like, when are we going to, she's like, oh no, I'm still nursing him. How old was he when he actually went to the temple? You know, now that you said that, that's true because (laughs) he probably did have to uh, wonder. Um, He probably, he probably was beyond the age of weaning. When he was, we, it's when like he five years with. old. Okay, Samuel, I think that's enough. <laughs> oh, boy. But she did let him go, which I think that showed she also, you know, trusted and and, and did what's right, you know? Like, even yeah. as much as she wanted to hold on to her son, I'm sure. And it was know. cute. She makes him clothes every year and brings it. Yes. Like, it's it a- wasn't just like... I gave him to God and, you know, walked away. But, like, she continued to want to care for him and think about him. and Absolutely. Absolutely. It's her first, you know, her first child. So I thought And then God does bless her with children that she gets to keep at home with her. So Yes. Yes, because it was a similar story. Because, again, it made me think about um, how Solomon... Um, in Ecclesiastes was talking about women. He's like, and I could not find one righteous one. But <laughs> I'm like, because it's like, this is a similar story where, again, she's barren, but then he has another wife. She, of course, has, she's able to bear children. And so mm-hmm. she makes her feel bad about not being, yep. you know, so it's like, yep. oh my goodness, can there be one woman who... I know, and then the husband is just like, am I not better to you than a... Hun- well, I don't know how many sons. He says 15 sons or something yes. like that. Yes. And like, you know, just love me. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, but... You're not a baby. <laughs> you're not the same as a baby. <laughs> you're not the same. I love you too, which is not the same. <laughs> but I love how, you know, even in the midst of that, that God chose her. Like, he could have chosen any yep. other woman. He could have yep. chose that other lady. Um, but maybe knowing the type of home that he, Samuel, was in. Because Samuel grew up to be... Uh, a good priest you know he's and it's pretty early on that we learn that he has such a connection with god because as a small child he's sleeping and he hears god calling to him and he keeps running to uh what's the priest's name oh uh eli eli yes yes and he keeps running to him and he's like what what do you want and he's like i didn't call you so he goes back to bed and you know god calls him again he comes back and he's like what do you want and he was just like I didn't call you. He's like, but if you hear the voice again, it's God. It's God. <laughs> yes. And I love that, that it was a connection there. And that Eli knew too. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that it must've been God. Uh, there was a song. I told you, I, I meant to send you the link to the hymn. Um, oh, give me Samuel's ear. Or it's just, uh, I can't remember now the name of the song, but <laughs> there is a song that I love. A, a hymn that's, that's about Samuel. But the odd thing was that as much as Eli, Eli was a priest, and I guess he did not follow, um, maybe, or actually, can we assume that? Well, he didn't raise up his children properly because they were stealing he from didn't. the church, right? Um, um, I'm well, assuming the they problem, were Levi's, right? The they, problem was, right. The mm-hmm. problem was also that he didn't do anything about it. Not only were they not doing the right thing but he wasn't stepping in to be like this is completely inappropriate that's true that's very true and he knew about it that's very true yeah i always wondered about all of that it's like where does that leave eli like you know obviously he knew god 
Yeah. Because he was helping Samuel. But then it was like his own children. And not that, you know, that's a reflection of your Christian walk. But no. to watch your children sin. And in such a, like, they were sinning in such a bad way. Yes. Yes. Um, like it was Because they obvious. actually were the ones that lost the ark. They brought it out into battle and it got yes. stolen. Like, yes. they did yes. some pretty terrible things. Yes. Yes. And... I don't know. So I think you were right when you said that it's because, I mean, you can't we can teach our children things, but, you know, they can decide to walk a different path. But as a priest, he knew what was right and wrong and he didn't he didn't call them out for it. He allowed it to happen in the in his church. You're supposed to be setting an example in in the church and his his um, I think they were also stealing and uh, actually they weren't even doing it properly in and like in chapter two, I think. Like there was a, a ritual on how you would, um, how you would do the sacrifices and they weren't doing that properly. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, you can't have this job. And he, he did, he didn't say anything. He didn't allow it. And how hard for Samuel, cause Samuel was the one who, who was to tell him, right. That he was, that he was going to die. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh my yeah. goodness. That was, yeah. Um, he didn't want to tell him, yeah. but he made him tell him. He's like, no, you have to tell me. And so he had to tell him, like, oh, your sons are going to die. And on the same day that your both your sons die, you will die also. I it's like, know. wow, what a prophecy. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? He he took it well. Did you notice that? Yeah. He did. He was like, um, it's like he knew. Because I, I guess, like, he knew that it was going to, like, he knew that he did. Well, obviously, he should have known that he did wrong. But, um. Anyway, we now see that now Samuel is the prophet. I like Samuel. He's one of my favorite prophets. I don't, I can't tell you why right now, but. I do too. <laughs> you know, you know why? Because it was when he was a prophet, there wasn't that many bad things going on. I mean, there was stuff going on, but it wasn't like, you know, Isaiah and you know, Jeremiah and all the other prophets where it was just like Israel has just right. gone amok and, you know. There, there. Well, and Samuel then brings in the next king, which we haven't had a king in a long time because we've had judges, and that yes. just wasn't it wasn't going well anyway. But the people are just like, we need a king to rule us. Yes, and it really just goes to show that like God isn't enough in that instant. Like yep. it wasn't enough that God was telling you right and wrong, and God was leading you. You need this person you think is going to suddenly correct all of your sins and yep. lead you in the right path. Like, yep. And Samuel's just like, no, you shouldn't have a king. And God's just like, you know what? Give it to them. If that, Give them what they're asking for. And yeah. there's that verse that always bothers me. It's like he'll give them over into their sin. Yes. And that's kind of what it reminded me of, of just like, all right, yes. you're asking for a king. I'm going to give you a king. And then you have Saul who... Um, you know, it seemed like everything they wanted. They were excited. Yep. And immediately, as I was talking about earlier, he starts, you know, sinning against God and yes. doing his own thing. And I have such a hard part with how it's phrased. And I don't know if you do, but when it says like, and God regretted making Saul king, I, I just don't know what to do with that. Yes. I, I and I wonder if, because I've always... I meant to look that up too, like in the actual, like a Hebrew or like a Hebrew, like, is that the, what is the Hebrew word for? Yeah. That? Regret. 
for the regret. Is it, is it as strong as what we think? Because, right. you know, God is all-knowing. Yes. And obviously he knew that Saul was going to do what he did. So yes. it's just so strange that it's like, and he regretted and it. And he regretted it, yep. And, yep. He, and he spoke so strongly to Samuel about it that Samuel was so grieved. Like, he was struggling, almost as if he was depressed yep. over everything Saul was doing. And then God's like, all right, next plan. We're going yep. to anoint a new king. Like, yeah. we're not going to stay on this any longer. No, no. <laughs> and I guess I guess because of sin, um, what, what I thought about when I was reading this is, you know, this is like the, the way that this would be the path that after sin entered the world, that it, you know, where it would go. Because, you know, we know that Jesus is king in the end. Jesus right. is king, king of kings, lord of lords. Um, and so maybe to appreciate the true king, the real king, you've got to see. Because I think there was at one point, and correct me if I'm wrong, where um, it's like, why do you want a king? You know, with a king, you have to give all your money to them. You know, you have to, you know, um, do whatever they want to do. Like, they didn't have that with the judges. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why do you want a king when you have this this freedom of a non-king? Right. Um, and you, you know, you already have the Mosaic law. So it's like, why do we, and the judges, so, you know, but they want it to be like the other nations. But yep. you notice like when we talk they about- They want to be like the world. They want to <laughs> be like the world, exactly. Yep. But then you think about the plan of Jesus, like, you know, um, he is, where it says like all nations will bow before him, you know, like he is king of kings. So in a sense, this was maybe preparing us for, you know, a king. The real king, anyway, um, yeah. which is Jesus, but which and maybe why we needed Jesus, you know, because Jesus is King of King, Lords of Lords. Remember, I think on his on the cross, right? Was it say King of the Jews, you know? But I don't know. It made me think yes. about that. I I I I was just like, why? Why do you want? You know, of course, because we're reading it in the modern times. You know, it's like, why are you doing all right? You don't need that, you know. <laughs> But of course, when you're living in that time, you know, it sounded good to them. They wanted a king. So, and Saul. Yeah. And I mean, they were a mess. Like, honestly, you read all the judges and you're like, these people are a disaster. And the Philistines were really just constantly an issue. Oh my goodness, they were. They were. They were like, you just could not get rid of them. They taunted them, it seemed like, you know. like. But instead just... of repenting and... Yeah. You know, there's a verse, I can't think of it right now, but it's like, you know, I will heal the land if you will, um, you know, uh, pray to me and uh, I'm messing it up. But anyway, it's like, you're you're supposed to be turning in prayer. You turn to God and he has the power to heal the land. And and they didn't do that. They just kept looking to, can you fix it? Each judge, I mean, Samson was supposed to kill them. It's like each judge was supposed to handle their problems. And they did, but it wasn't long term because the people after every judge it was like and then the people did what was good in their own eyes and it's like really like we've learned nothing from all of this okay so for them to be like oh a king will do it it's just like no man it's you (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's such a wonderful it's when you read the bible it's such a wonderful eye-opener in showing us that we can't save ourselves you know like you, we just people couldn't tried. do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, as much as they, you know, it was, like you were saying, with the judges, it was always something, you know, they did help for a little bit, but it wasn't enough. And then you have 
the, you know, now you have Saul the king and he's turned away from God. It's not enough. Even David, David was king, but he wasn't perfect either, you know? And so it's like, you just see, it's just not enough. We can't save ourselves. And even now in modern times, when we look at all that's going on in, in the world, and we're trying to still solve the problem. We think that we can solve the problems of the world ourselves. So it's like, yeah. no, history is showing us that we can't yeah. save ourselves. And so it's um, it's sad for Saul because Saul started out Saul started out as a good king, but he didn't trust in God enough. You know, like he he should have waited on Samuel. I think Samuel was taking too long. for him to um he was waiting for a decision and samuel was taking too long and so he just went in and and you know did his own thing that's yeah i think that's where he where he fell i guess that's a lesson for us to learn too you know sometimes we don't want to wait on the lord and we take things into our own hands it's like oh i mean we saw that we saw that even with abraham and he was a patriarch so yes that's true (laughs) it can happen to anyone (laughs) we just it's just that sinful nature that's um, that's in all of us. But like you said, it didn't work out for Saul. And now a new king is crowned. But Saul was not having any of that. He was just and he knew because it's like because it tells us that God took away his spirit from him. Yes. And so he's like, I felt really like I would not have wanted to be Saul because imagine yeah. to to know God and have God's spirit in you and then to have that taken away from you. Well, and I think that's why he felt such anger towards David. I mean, right from the start, there was such an anger towards this man that he just wanted to end his life. And that became, he almost reminded me of Chillingworth, where like his Mm. whole, his whole goal, his whole goal became, I need to ruin this man. Like Ah, his, my life doesn't mean anything if he's still alive. (laughs) That is a great comparison. Absolutely. Because he was obsessed with trying to kill David uh, and would not, even when David showed many times that I could have killed you, but I didn't. Yeah. He still wanted to, you know. And it's funny because even, you know, when they speak about Saul, it was like he was a head above everybody else. So you you picture this like big, tall guy. Yeah. And then David... You know, Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he sees all the brothers and he sees the first one and he says, oh, yes, this is going to be the king. And yeah. and God's just like, no, I'm yeah. not looking at the outward appearance. You know, this I'm is not. And it's like and then, you know, he's just kind of like the runs of the family. His brothers kind of pick on him because even yep. when he comes to the battle, there's that whole scene between him and his brothers. who are like, oh, <laughs> you just don't... came here to cause problems. You know? yeah, like, Why are you here? here? <laughs> you know, he was kind of just like the, the baby of the family <laughs> yes. and the brothers were just like, get lost. <laughs> and again, God using a regular, you know, yep. not the person that no one would pick. Right. Yeah. And, and we um, know he had to be a little bit small, too, because he goes to, like, put on all the armor and the sword. And he's just like, this is too much. I, I can't. Too big for I me. can't do this. Yeah. He's like, I just need my sling and my stones. Cause, so, you know, he's like, he's pretty tiny. Yeah. And, and even when, uh, you know, Goliath sees him, he's just like, what is what? this puny little this guy is, coming this out This is here? who you send? Yeah. He thought it was a joke. <laughs> But I love David's spirit because David is just like, I'll just, oh, I'll just treat him like how I treat the bears, you know? I'm just going to get yeah. my sling and my stone. It works for them. He was, uh, well, he, he was just like, but 
we have God on our side. Like, how would we not win? Like, he can't even understand why they're scared of him. They're just like, yeah. he just keeps being like, but we have God. Like, we have God. he's a giant, exactly. but we have God. Like, and, always, and that was, what a great attitude. He always had a heart for God. Yeah. Which, um, which I, don't, I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but it makes you think that in his family line, they did follow, you know, like teaching the law and teaching about God, you know, that right. he would have um that strong connection with god you know well i mean ruth was his uh what great grandmother great grandma yep or so great great grandmother there was uh he he actually listened and um and god chose him so i thought sam first samuel's one of my one of my favorites so it has so many great stories in <laughs> it, it does it does and i love the friendship between david and um Jonathan and Jonathan I think it's yeah. like like I don't know I it they it, and the fact that they they're very expressive with their love you know yeah like, um I don't know but but Jonathan has a lot of confidence in David even to the point of you know going against his dad and risking yeah. his own life to save you know David yeah by telling him that his dad is going to you know, kill him. And, and Well, because Jonathan can see God's plan and he knows this is God's plan. Like, I really feel like he can't, he can't pick his father over God, you know? So it's like, he has to see what is true and he does. Yeah. And, he and I mean, he, he, he genuinely loves David, but I think what bonds them is probably their love of God. Their, you know, trust, their fear, all of that. That's they have true. this, they have that. And I, and I do see that even um, making friendships with Christians versus non-Christians. I feel yeah. like there's a deeper intimacy you have with a Christian than you do with not because they understand you to a deeper level. There's conversations yeah. you don't have to avoid. Yep. I don't and know. It's just, it, it's, it's true. it definitely makes a difference. I, I agree. And, you know, not, I think you made an excellent point about that because... Um, you know, David being king means that Jonathan, you know, would not, you know, and right. like he, he is in the Saul's family line. So of course right. he, he should have, it should have gone um, to him. It could have gone to him. But the fact that he did know that God was sovereign and God did pick David. That he, Isn't it funny that all of Saul's family, like loves david like michael's like oh i want to marry him and and jonathan's his best friend and like it wasn't even just like oh david took her to be his wife like she's they it said they loved each other so it was like it an actual okay yeah they were it's like i'll have to look it up but i was sure it, it made it sound like they knew each other and it makes sense because david was at the castle or whatever wherever they yes. live i don't know where kings live yes um, all the yeah, all the time because he yeah. was he would play the harp for Saul and yep. he was just there yep. and so I, she must have known him growing up and yes. I mean for him to be best friends with Jonathan I'm sure she, he met the sisters sister, yes yes so absolutely. it sounds like they knew e each other and it was like a desired match yeah until it wasn't because Saul I'm like you totally went against um, tradition also because he gave her to another person after. Yeah. She After was they married were married, to yep. David. So yeah, because um, he hated David. Because he hated David. <laughs> and who knows? Because you know, I I don't know if it was something I read. Probably something I read. But you know, David, being who he was, 
probably would not, maybe would not have went with all these other wives and concubines had he not, had he just been able to stay with Michael. But I don't know, you know, it was traditional um, even for, because, um, well, Abraham had two, you know, he had Sarah and he had, um, I can't remember her name, I think Hagar, you know, yeah. and Jacob had Leah and Jacob had four. Um, well, he had two wives and two concubines. And then there are two so. concubines. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe he would have, because we know David ends up having multiple wives, too. But you never know what would have happened if he would have just been able to stay with Michael, you know? But you look at that, too, and you're just like, oh, would Jacob have had Rachel and Leah if he could have just had Rachel? He kind of had to, he got tricked into marrying Leah and still wanted Rachel. And so it's like, would that have happened? Who knows? It kind of just. But then what about the other ladies, Billa and um, (laughs) the other two concubines? Yeah, I I mean, I'm guessing they, because Rachel couldn't get pregnant, but maybe she wouldn't have felt so much pressure to give him one of her handmaids if she, uh, didn't have the pressure of Leah being like, look, I just keep giving him sons. You know? Leah just kept having babies. It's like, okay, <laughs> I got it. I'm barren. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but all right. So we have, we have delved a lot into Samuel. We're like halfway yeah. through Samuel. So yeah. good. <laughs> and I love the comparison. I never thought about that between Saul and Chillingsworth. So now I have, to have that in my head. <laughs> so I guess we'll transition over to um, the Scarlet, the Scarlet letter. letter, the Scarlet Letter, and how it all went down. I know. Do you, do you want to go through the recap, or I'll go through the do? recap. Okay, I'm so I'm so sad. You were sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew the ending was gonna be tragic, but I was still kind of like rooting for Hoping. them to, know, to like have a happy ending. Get on that boat and just go. Yeah, so (laughs) we had last talked about them making plans after they left the forest to just, we're going to make a whole new life for ourselves. And uh, he was so hopeful. He was. He was like a new man. Actually, he felt like he felt a little crazy. He goes into town and he just wanted to like do badness. He was like, (laughs) evil has taken over me. I'm going to (laughs) say mean things and inappropriate things to everyone I see. And like, it took everything in him to control himself, which was very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. Like, you could be happy, but we don't have to go down the path of evil. It's like he's talking to a child, and he's like, he wanted to say something to them, and then he's talking to this old woman, and he was like, oh, I almost said something to her. And I was like, what is going on? This is what happens he was when you're feeling, repressed for like seven years. Yeah, he was feeling empowered by his sin. Yes. Actually, yes, we probably shouldn't be laughing about that, but yes, he does. <laughs> Uh, like Mr. Dimsdale, no. Yeah, no. he opened up the floodgate to whatever that was. Yes, yes. So but he th- ends up, that's the plan. He's going to go ahead with it. He writes this sermon that makes you want to know what it was because it was obviously like the world's greatest sermon. I was like, why wasn't that included in the I book? Know. I need to know what he said. I guess it wasn't important enough. <laughs> and then Hester leaves the forest and she speaks with the sailors to make plans for their yes. voyage. And then the next time they're all reunited is like this parade. I don't know exactly what it is. The, oh, that's true. The like, yep. officials all walk through. What was it called? It had a specific name. 
I don't remember the name. And that's when he ends up giving his, he made, that's what the sermon was for that he wrote was for this event. And I can't yep. remember what it was called. Um, go ahead. I'll see if I can find it. All right. And then, um, as they're standing in the parade, you know, Pearl wants to know once again, of course, cause you know, Pearl, you know, is this, is the, uh, is the minister going to come to us? And she's just like, not yet, but he will eventually. Yes. And everything seems joyful until one of the sailors comes over and says, oh, somebody else will be joining your party. And that was just so devastating. Like, no. And she I says, like, who? You know, and he says, oh, the gentleman over there. And of course, guess who it is? Chillis. It's Mr. Chillingsworth. Like, he, he must have been. <laughs> it's like, is he stalking them? Like that, He them, figured that. out their plans. Yes. And he's gonna join them on their on their voyage to England, and that was just so devastating. Ugh. Hester's heart just sunk. She was like in shock, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I hated that part of the book. Oh, <laughs> it was so bad, and you're just like, and you know, Dimsdale doesn't even know, and it's like, yeah. oh, someone's gonna have to tell him. Yep. After but, he's feeling all this glee. <laughs> yeah, he was finally feeling like he was ready to do it. And oh, she's now, she's like, what do I even do now? She's in such a predicament. Yes. And, but it ends up, none of that matters because Dimsdale gives his sermon. He literally gives it all he's got. Yep. And as he's walking through the parade, he goes over to Hester and he's like basically like falling down at this point And she kind of like, catches him not knowing what to do and like props him up and he's just like come we have to do this and he goes to the square where he's been wanting to stand and confess his sins for so long yep and he tells everyone the truth that he is pearl's father Father, and that he's the one that you know caused the adultery and everything else and then he just dies yeah, so I'm like, wow. His secret like, was the only thing keeping him alive at this point, and th- that without that, he's just dead. He was dead. I was like, wow, what a torturous, la- like that one night of passion, or however many nights of passion, and yeah, he's like for seven years he's living this torturous life, and now that he's finally confessed, that's it. Yeah. So it's like and that then, was his judgment day. Like and then he, it's like six months or nine months later, something like that, Chillingsworth dies because he has no purpose now because yep. without Dimsdale there to continue to torture, he's yeah. got no purpose to live and he dies. It shows you how the, con- like, you don't really think about um, the consequences of things. Like we today yeah. we were reading um, Proverbs, I think Proverbs chapter five, and it's it's five or six, and it's talking about, you know, the adulterous, um, Solomon's talking to his son about adultery and, you know, don't go after this woman. Your life can lead, you know, this will lead to death. And, and it, you know, it makes you think about how that one act, you know, how it affects so many lives, you know, you're thinking it's just this, this passionate moment, but yep. man, it destroyed three lives Four, because I mean, Pearl is a little flaky. Um, <laughs> We're still not sure about that girl. We're still not sure about Pearl. Three and a half lives, you know, and maybe, and you know, and also the the book doesn't talk about it, but now that he's confessed, 
um, that affects the lives of others too, especially with him as a preacher. You know, like you're, here's this upstanding preacher that yeah, everyone that, loved. That ending was so weird. So then Very it was weird. kind of like everybody's takeaway from it. And some of them believe he did this righteous thing before he died by, you know, saying that. Even though it, they were like, oh... He obviously didn't commit this sin. He's just showing us how we're all sinners. And like, no, 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 yeah. And then, but like people wouldn't, wouldn't believe it. Yep. Some, some did. Yep. Oh, I missed the whole part with the witch, which I don't even understand her. Where she's talking to Dimsdale about how she's like, oh, I, you've been in the forest. And he was like, what? And she's like, oh, I know what you do in the forest. And next time you go to the forest, I'll go with you. And she's like, what is going oh, on? Like, me? Yeah, she's so creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. I wonder what significance she, what was the significance of the witch? Is that, is she temptation? Like, did she, did, was she a symbol of temptation? I feel like... You know, remember they talk about like, oh, um, do you know the dark man or whatever, the black man? It was kind of like they all worship Satan is kind of what I got in the yeah. in the woods. Um, and she was like a worker of Satan. So anytime they were giving into sin, they seemed to have a closer connection with her. With I don't her. know. That's what I got yeah. the feeling. Yeah, because she symbolized something. And I, I was trying to figure out what she symbolized. But um yeah, it was very, it, it I don't know, I, I guess I I couldn't have ended any other way, you know, I, uh, because, I don't know. And I then it's it kind of sad because we have um, Hester who leaves with Pearl. She decides to go. Honestly, what did she have left anyway? Yeah. Because um, she didn't, right, she didn't have a life with any of the other um, natives or the people that lived no, there. No, so, everyone yeah. hated her anyway. Yeah. And so she leaves. And then they assume it's her who comes back to live in that same cottage where she lived, but she comes back alone. Yep. And her and Pearl's not with her. And then they make the assumption that Pearl is married, and that eventually they think she had children because they see um, Hester make or who they think might be Hester, Hester. making mm -hmm. clothes for a baby. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like she never found anybody. Even at no. that point, she could have because her lover and her husband were both dead. True. Um, and if she was nothing away, is... she wouldn't have to wear the A. Right. But she never finds love, and she ends up being alone at the end, which is really sad. It is. And I guess there was, a, I, I, if we're thinking about, like, what is what is the author trying to say? You know, like, when you're reading the book, it's like, what what was, what is the author trying to, trying to tell us with this? Because there's a theme of you know, um, un, you know, this, this, well, I can't even say this unforbidden love because we, we never get to know their love story. You know, uh, we do see that they have, they still have a connection after seven years when he's excited to go and leave with her. You know, I mean, there's the, the theme of redemption or, you know, um, or, or that, or conscious, I don't know if it's the right word, but the, it's like, you know, like you commit a sin and, uh, and you know, it eats at you until you can. Without confession. Without yeah. confession. Right. So it's like confession. There's that theme of confession of your sins. You know, I think there's also just like life without forgiveness, life without love. Like you look oh, at all of that. And, yeah. Just all of it. Like, yeah. you know, 
uh, Hester had to go through life with no forgiveness. Yeah. And Dimsdale went through life without being able to confess. And, yeah. um, you and Chillingsworth, Chillingsworth not able to. There's no not love. Able to, and you know, Chillingsworth filled with revenge. Yeah. 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 So I, you just kind of see like the void of those things, what damage it does to everybody's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you were to take it back to scripture, especially for Chillingsworth, you know, God says revenge is mine. So that yeah. it was revenge wasn't for his to take. No. And for Hester and Mr. Dimsdale, if we again look at it through a biblical lens. And we constantly saw a scale of like, you know, good versus evil. You know, when Chillingsworth gave into the evil, the scale just kept tipping that way. And then yeah. we saw with Dimsdale in the forest, he was giving towards sin because he should not be with Hester. It yeah. was the wrong choice. He comes back into town and he just wants to continue in that you know it's kind of like yeah. that balance of right and wrong the entire time there was this great line i should have used it as my commonplace quote but i don't know if i would put it in my commonplace book but it, this is dimsdale and, and and it's it says um no man for any considerable any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the truth that's so I, true. I remember oh that. Goodness. Yes, that yes. is such a good one. That was because that was him. I mean, he was, I mean, it was like this, this separation. It's, it's the, the Dimsdale, the sinner with the A, you know, digging at this A. And then there's Dimsdale, the person who is, you know, is putting, putting your face forward. Actually reminds right. me of the poem, my quote from the poem, you know, it's yeah. like, you want the favor of the people as opposed to, you know, God. And his his perception of God was um, one of just a judger, not a redeemer, you know, like, because he always yeah. talked about in judgment day, we'll all three stand together, you know, yeah. but not as a, a savior. Um, there was no salvation. Yeah. And in, in, in his is just, we'll face it. It was a weird book. <laughs> it was but a I really liked it. weird book. And the characters were very strange. Yeah. But you know, what makes it a classic? What do you think makes it a classic? Like, I guess because a classic is something that you can read, right? And still see that in today's time, no matter what time period you're reading it in. So, like, I guess there's, the, I guess what are the timeless truths in there that... Oh, I, I definitely see that. I mean, you see the Puritans as like a works gospel kind of group where it's like yeah. all outward appearance, no heart work at all. Yes. Um, and you see that even even in today's society, society where it's true. like, how do I present myself on Facebook so I can look like I'm this fantastic this, that or the other thing. Yes. Meanwhile, in their own home or whatever, they're not that person. Yes. Um, and then you have somebody like Hester who, you know, she gets punished when everybody else is, like, also sinning. It's just she got the obvious sin, and it's so now true. she's going to be pointed at and made fun of. Oh, that makes me think of cancel culture, you know? Like, so many people have been, you know, committing some of these sins that other people are considering that, that other people are getting canceled for, where it's yeah. like, who hasn't done that, you know? And why are we condemning only this person if if not all who you exactly know? So, uh, i guess there you are know and it's like we have that there. verse it's like all have sinned and come short of the glory of god 
And that's how we should view people. That should be our interactions. They are sinners. We are sinners. But what are you doing about it? You know? And the thing is, you know, they didn't give Hester an opportunity for redemption. They didn't say, you know, you know, when Jesus said, you know, go and sin no more. They didn't give her that opportunity. That's so true. That's so true. He didn't tell her to write a big, wear a big A. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he didn't. He was just like, like you said, go and sin no more. So definitely a different pers- a, a misconstrued or a perception of, of Jesus in that and on how he would treat sins. Yeah. And, and you could see like it in that where like they all felt that way. So it's like they're being misled, you know, even by their leaders, even by their pastors and their, you know, um, it's, it's not, it's not clear. It's like, are you reading the Bible? Because that's not what it says, you know? Like, are you just in the Old Testament? Have you looked at the New Testament? I thought the but other thing know. that was interesting that Hawthorne did was kind of, he had his characters evolving the whole time. The person they were at the beginning was not yeah. the same person they were in the middle, and it wasn't the same person they were at the end. They that's constantly true. are changing and growing. And that's yeah. interesting because that's how real life is. True. Um, Cause like, um, what do we say? Well, I guess Dimsdale, uh, he just, he, he evolved to this evil person. I mean, when he came, he was, you mean Chillingsworth, Chillingsworth thing. Yeah. What did I say? Oh, you Dimsdale. said Dimsdale. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like he, and, but did you think Dimsdale changed? Oh, definitely. I mean, he, he progressively went deteriorated, oh, deteriorated. as the book yes. went on at the beginning. Yes, I was like, we're like, I mean, I knew who I knew he yes. was the father just because yes. I've read it before. But yes. if you had never read it before, it's like these little hints and clues hints that he's the dad, but there's nothing obvious. And then as yeah. it goes along, you have Pearl being like, but look, mommy, he's got an A too. You know, and you're like, all right, well, obviously he must be the dad. To so the point the where one. at the end, at the end, he's like, I am the father, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. And actually he calls, uh, yes, and acknowledges that for Pearl. It was very yeah. interesting because he thought he wouldn't be a good father. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't to... like children, or I'm I not good like with children. children. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, but you're the pastor. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it really doesn't matter because that's your kid. So like, it doesn't matter if you like or don't like children. Like, you brought one into this world, so <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> but I, um, so I guess, what do you? What was he trying to tell us? That we should. That this is this is what happens when we don't. When we don't, um, this is this this is the type of society that, or the things that can happen in a society where there is no redemption. Yeah, and I think also if you swallow things like he did that were so all-consuming, yeah, that it can just eat you alive. It's impossible, like he said, to wear those two masks. I think that was such a huge message of being like you're better off dealing with the repercussions of your sin and your mistake than to pretend it doesn't exist. That's true. Especially for so long. Like it does, something's got to give and it, and it did for him. I don't know. I would, I, I liked it. I would read it again. Um, I could see reading it again and probably finding something different. Oh, definitely. And I feel like in a different stage in my life, I could see different things differently. Yeah. 
So we would highly would we highly recommend Scarlet Lover? Oh, definitely. I I do I do see why it's a classic, and it's very well written. I I really do enjoy reading books that are written, just yeah. I I guess it's like that old fashioned English. You just yes. I don't know. It has such a rich feeling to it. Yeah, and very extreme. Um. Anyway, I I, I would read. I I would recommend reading it, and I would read it again. Um, like the only thing I would say is, I guess you just have to get through the parts with the chapters where there is a lot of description, you know, and yeah. no, narrat- no narrative. Yeah. So that can get a person stuck, but it's worth it though, because it's like you're in the head of the character or, you know, it is very different from a lot of yeah. things that I have read where there's just no conversation and even just the small amount of characters that are like in the story. There's yeah. been some books where I like I get confused. There's so many characters. I'm like, wait, who is this? I gotta go back and like, oh, when did we meet this person? How are they, yes. you know, connected? This book, it was like you have these characters, yeah. and that's it. And it would either be about an individual or it would be about two individuals. You generally didn't have a lot of interaction outside of that, which was very different from most books that I've read. Yes, so it did make it easier to keep up with them, and it and it gave you closure actually for each one of the characters, each one of the main characters. I mean, if you ever it's, wanted to do a play and you had a small cast, there you go. <laughs> there you go. The only clo- the only, and we got a little closure on Pearl. I was gonna say the only one we didn't get much closure on was yeah. Um, we assume she gets married and has yes. kids and like leads a normal life. Hmm. So I guess in that, because she left, she left out of this because it's almost like. With the setting is like this almost semi-toxic place you know yeah. the people are rigid the you know you've got this forest you got this witch you know you've got uh, it's you know it's like a a really not I and it's interesting because the there. witch the witch is so closely connected with the government there which is yeah. really weird because she like, was his it's she was in his their sister, ha- right? it's in his household yeah yes yes and it, you got to wonder about that. Yeah. Like, and she so was that's... obviously practicing witchcraft, and he and that was, was fine with it. Like, he didn't say, oh, that's not appropriate. We don't do that. Like, they were yeah. They were Puritans. Yeah. So, so how did she make it? That's he should have kicked her out of the house and burned her at the stake. Like, that would have been the... But he was definitely letting a lot go on. But here it is that she's doing that, but um, Hester has to wear the A for her yeah. sin. You know, yeah, where there's she's a lot just, of injustice. Yeah, yeah. So I, maybe maybe Pearl leaving just gave her a chance at a, just a fresher life. I mean, who would have married Pearl? Be like, oh, it's the bastard child. Like, she had to yeah. get out of there. She had to leave. She had to. And we know, we, we find out that Chillingworth leaves his, leaves his fortune to her. Which is you know, so though, weird because that that's weird not too. his kid. Yeah, was that a redemptive act? Maybe, maybe because he didn't have to. You know, Pearl wasn't even his child, but he yeah. did do it. I did wonder about that. Like, what? Um, where? What was the connection with that? Maybe he had guilt for what he did. I mean, he did cause that man to die. Pearl's father. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so now she doesn't have a. Uh, a father, uh, father to inherit anything from. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that was guilt. a small, a small redemptive act on his act on his part. But it does show you how that going down that road of revenge and unforgiveness that that led to nowhere but evilness. You know, 
um, to the point of, uh, he didn't cause Dimsdale's death, but he didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't help. Yeah. So. All right. We are actually good with um, the Scarlet Letter. We finished. Yeah. We did it. But we finished books before. I'm, ex- I'm like, um, I'm talking like we haven't finished <laughs> any books. <laughs> This is our third book, right? This is our third book. Yeah. This is our third book. So are we announcing what our next book is? Let's announce. I mean, if you're confident, I wasn't sure if you were confident, but I'm excited if if that's what you're confident in. I'm confident because you're excited about it. You said it's one of your favorite books. I do really like it. (laughs) All right. So you can say, you can say. Go ahead. All right. (laughs) We are going to be reading Mansfield Park by Jane Austen, who also happens to be one of my favorite authors. So. I love it. I'm I love so excited. It. I love it. I've never read it, but you have, right? But it's been a few years. I have. Yeah, okay, it's good. been quite okay. a few years. So a lot okay. of it will be fresh to me because, I mean, I remember the main characters and the main gist of the story, but it's, there's a lot of like witty dialogue because you know Jane Austen. So like, there's a lot of stuff I'm excited to reread and I don't really uh, remember. Oh, I'm excited too. I know nothing. I did do like a, a plot look up just to see. Um, I, I noticed there were a lot of characters, so I'm going to have to write down some. Yeah, that, exactly. That's, <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm used to, like, all right, wait, how do we know this person? Now? Who how is this person? Yeah. yeah, there's so, always quite a cast. Okay, good. So I'm excited. Is there any biblical story that it's close to that we should be reading along with it? You know what? I... W- I, I when I read it I wasn't that wasn't where my mind was okay, at. Okay, so okay, okay. Maybe okay. as we read it we'll be inspired. We'll be able to okay, good. Yes, yes. So we can see what we can find with that. So I'm excited. I'm ready. Um it's on the Amazon classic, so you get the, the if you have the Kindle Unlimited. Okay, I'm not sure um, if I do. It has the um you can listen to the book and the audio too. Oh, okay. If not then I'm I'm sure it's on script. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> so, check. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so that's our next book. We Yay. hope you're excited too. If you want to read it with us, um, yes, please, please do. do. Yes, please do and see. It's okay. Wait, Shanna, is it dreary? Are we going to be? Is, is there any unforgiveness? Is it like a total opposite of the Scarlet Letter? <laughs> I, I think we need a different. I feel direction. like I feel like it starts off. There, there's a lot of like love that's. I don't know. It's, it kind of reminds me yeah, of like a little bit of like Jane Eyre. But if I remember correctly, it has like a happy ending. Okay, so. good. Okay. Okay. All right. But I mean, there's no darkness of revenge. No. And, okay. No. no one's living in the forest. No, there's no witches. <laughs> there's no witches. <laughs> I think somebody's an alcoholic, but. I think that's, that's, that's as deep as we get. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I have not read it. I have I started to read it, but I never got past maybe the first couple of pages because not because I thought it was bad, but because I was distracted by other books. So, so now it's I'm ready to get your undivided uh, attention. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. So uh, what are we doing? Like the first three or four, five, six chapters? What are we doing? <laughs> How about we try for four? Okay, we'll try for four. And, okay. you know, obviously if I fail, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's hard sometimes i'm like oh wow i'm already at chapter five that's one problem with audiobooks is like all of a sudden you'll be like oh i listened to that many chapters while i put away all the kids laundry how did that happen so i will confess if i did that 
Or just let me know. Text me. And I'm like, okay. all right, I'll, I'll catch up to you. Okay. I will try. I'm, I'm learning to be a slower reader. You're teaching me this skill and I'm going to I'm gonna get better. Sometimes it's hard, especially if the story is good. I've, I've got to admit it. So, all right. So we are going to do it. Uh, Mansfield Park. Yes. Mansfield Park. All right. And that's our next book. And we will continue with Samuel until we find a connection between another story that Mansfield That sounds of. good. Am I going to love it like how I loved um, Jane Eyre? Like, I'm I, still in love with Jane Eyre as a I book. know. I feel like you will, because Jane Austen's writing is just, I don't know, the way that she makes the characters. And the, the lead female character is just always, you want to be her, you know? So, okay, I, okay. I don't know. Oh, I can I'm, okay, I'm excited. Yeah. All right, let's do this. All right, so we will be starting a new book. Yay! <laughs> All right, everyone, we are so glad that you joined us. Yes, thank you for tuning in. I'm really glad we made it through. I wasn't sure. I know we were feeling silly, but I think we, we got it together. Think, yeah, we got it together. We got it together. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing you next time. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.